Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the 33rd Sunday of the year. Last Sunday, we reflected on the generosity of the poverty-stricken widow who hid her two coins and dropped them into the offering box. She trusted God and gave everything she had, relying on divine security and provision. Her selfless generosity caught Jesus' attention. Jesus used her as a model to challenge our spirit of giving. We can easily give from the many things we have without feeling the pinch. But when you have to give the last thing you have, you know how it is. And this was what happened even in the first reading. The widow at Zarephath that had to sacrifice the meal, the only one they had with her son to feed the prophet. And when you give your last, it comes back in manifold. I have testified to that, that when I gave the last thing I had, I had much back. I worked in the seminary and for 12 years, it wasn't easy. Those that knew me in the parish, we are still coming to the seminary to look for help. But I can't drive them because they have nowhere to go. I have tested God's generosity and it pays so much. And when you give the last, much returns back to you. By the time you give what is last, before you know it, an alert rings into your account. And somebody from nowhere. So, these widows are challenging us that uh, we have to extend a hand of generosity when needed. Over the centuries, there have been so many predictions about the world coming to an end. Doomdayers have prophesied the apocalypse towards the end of the second millennium, to be precise, the year 2000. People around the world grappled with the fear that the world was to come to an end. Back home in Nigeria, members of the Seventh Days Adventists, SDA, they called them, openly predicted that the end was imminent. Predictions about the world coming to an end always trigger mixed reactions from the public. Certainly, different people react differently. The vast majority of people panic and become frightened. Back home, many dispose of their propositions and return to the village to await the end. Sadly, others were overwhelmed with fear 
and committed suicide as they were not prepared to face the inevitable. Yet, there was a tiny minority who was not bothered about the end. They were seemingly ready any time, any day to face the end. Fortunately, in the final analysis, we cross over to the second millennium. The wall is still standing on its four legs. Only God knows when the end will come. Brothers and sisters, as we draw close to the end of the church's calendar, the readings are apt in reminding us of the second coming of the Lord. The very last number of the Pentecostalism draws our attention to what is technically known as the parousia or the eschatology. This topic in theology deals with the last things that will happen to each of us at the end of our earthly sojourn. We shall be confronted with death, which is the entrance to eternity. After death will come judgment. After judgment, heaven or hell are two alternatives. What we do here on earth will either fetch us heaven or fetch us hell. By the virtue of our being in the church today indicates that we all want to be in heaven. We have to work hard for it. This explains the reason the first and the gospel reading present the apocalyptic images. Apocalyptic images is the scriptural description of the complete destruction of the world. That the world will end in catastrophe. It presents fearful sights that will characterize the end of the world. The prophet Daniel in the first reading presents an apocalyptic scene. Thus, there shall be a time of great trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. At that time, your people shall escape everyone who is found written in the book. Those who sleep in the dust shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. The prophet Daniel did not envisage the universal resurrection as it was later developed. However, two groups are distinguished. One that rises to eternal life and the other to eternal disgrace. Where will you be? Is the question I should be asking myself and you too. In the gospel, Jesus told us, Jesus told his disciples, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens 
will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. One lady here, this the little lady, and she asked mommy, when will that happen? The mother said, I don't know. Of course. And even the angels do not know. Therefore, the mother couldn't have known either. Dear friends, today Jesus' tune of address has changed. He draws our attention to the all-important dimension of our salvation and what will take place at the end of time. Jesus is by no means putting us to fear or tension. Rather, he is reminding us of the inevitable inescapable as the law of gravity holds that everything that has that goes goes up must come down similarly everyone that is born into this world must necessarily die we don't need prophets or soothsayer to tell us that that death is inevitable to every human being it's better we are reminded of that fact than for us to live in illusion, to live in deceit that it will not come. It will certainly come. But when you see the way some people live their life as if there will be no end, some see religion as an old-fashioned thing. When they see you coming to church, they say, what are you still going to church for? What are you still going to church for? Some are caught up by human philosophies and uh, ideologies. It's better Jesus assign me a function and he will give me a reward at the end of the day than the devil to assign me a job that I will not have any reward for. I prefer, I prefer to work for Jesus. When I work for Jesus, at the end of time, I will be greatly rewarded. But when the devil assigns you a job, she leaves you in disgrace. When you can no longer do anything, she leaves you and go halfway. But Jesus will never leave his project half done. He will most ensure we get to where we are going. Otherwise, he will continue to journey with us. So I want to encourage us. We must stand on the side of Jesus at all times. The little children at home used to have a song, I am a child of God. I am a child of Jesus. Satan, why, why, why do you worry me? I am a child of God. Satan, go away. I am for Jesus. Don't disturb me anymore. However, in the gospel, Jesus says, but as for that day or hour, nobody knows it. Neither the angel of heaven, nor the son, no, no one but the father. When they said no one but the father, but the son cannot be separated from the father. 
Neither can the spirit be separated from the son. When the, this one was written, Jesus was in his incarnate world. And the Bible keeps reminding us to stay awake. Be on our duty post as we do not know the time he will come. What should be our reaction to this? Suicide is not the solution. It's not even an option. Panicking and being overwhelmed with fear and anxiety will not solve the problem either. Senalosius Gonzaga has shown us a way forward. He was playing chess one day when he was asked what he would do if he knew he would die within that hour. He replied, I would keep on playing chess, was his reply. These are the sentiments of a saint. This should be the sentiments of anyone who lives in the state of grace and, in God's, and is in God's friendship. Death should not be feared by those who live in the state of grace. The Bible has told us, given us the roadmap. The whole Bible gives us the do's and the don'ts. How we should move in order to get to heaven. Sundays back, a young man came to ask Jesus, what must I do to enter heaven? The word of the commandment. He said, I have kept them from my youth. Say then go and sell everything you own and give the money to the poor. The young man was in problems. So we are to use every resources we have in order to fetch heaven for ourselves. That I can't afford to be in the world and miss my eternal salvation. I should work hard with tribulation, work hard in order to make heaven. Whatever it means to be in heaven, I tell you I want to pay the price. The beatitude is the life of Christ. Where we are said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now we are not attached to material things. God is placed first before anything. The peacemakers, the gentlemen, the purity of heart. Those that work hard to ensure justice and peace and the rest of them. When we live the beatitude, already we are living the life of Jesus and the life of heaven. What lesson can we learn, dear friends? Time without number, the Bible tells us, do not be afraid. So we are not to begin to jitter. We are not supposed to begin to tremble. Let us take the bull by the horns and put our affairs in orders. Our relationship with your neighbor, with your wife, with everybody. And thank God in the parish here we have access to confessions every time we want. No priest can deny you confessions, no matter how busy he may be. Father, I want you to hear my confessions. Brother, come. Sister, come. We settle it there and then I'm finished. Because you don't know what will be the next minute for that person. By the time you hear that he's no more, then you hold yourself responsible for denying him that eternity. 
My prayer is to make it. I don't know what your prayer is. We must work hard in order to make heaven. Of recent, I have started reading a prayer here. This book called Peter. Peter prayer book. That page 49 has the prayer that consecrating the two last hours of our life to the most virgin Mary. And this prayer is very, very rich. When we pray, we trust God will do it his own way. Let's just do what we're supposed to do as humans. God will do what he's supposed to do as a divine person. We shall be confronted with judgment. Make sure your name is written in the book of life. Stay awake so that you are not taken by surprise. Happy Sunday. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.